the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much uh, for joining me. Hope that you're doing well and having a great day and navigating traffic okay. Got a really special uh, show today. I have a good friend and partner with me in ministry, Tyler Kettner. He's our junior high pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I was pretty excited to come and just be able to talk to you about the youth here in Colorado Springs and uh, just how awesome God has made them. And so I'm excited to share about that. That's that's great. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and, and really hear the joys and struggles of doing youth ministry. I want to tell you thank you because you're the junior high pastor of my daughter. And so <laughs> thanks so much for, for doing that. And uh, she really loves uh, the junior high ministry. But share with us your background and how you came to know Christ is uh, your savior. Yeah, so... To tell you a little bit about me, um, I actually grew up going to RMC, uh, starting in fifth grade um, and through junior high, and then I kind of walked away uh, from the Lord a little bit in high school. But like going here, so I had Wes Shane as my youth pastor, and just awesome guy, big old afro, and what was really cool is I just loved the way that he taught scripture. He went Mm -hmm. into it, he made it exciting, he asked us questions, he didn't really shy away uh, from anything that came up, but he really just approached it boldly and, and pointed us back to scripture. But as I got a little bit older, I started playing competitive ice hockey and it began to take up most of my time and so much so that I actually started choosing that over anything that I had through uh, Christ, through the church, through mm-hmm. um, just my faith with God. And it wasn't that I didn't necessarily believe but I had kind of taken God and put him to the side and said, hey, mm. I'm going to focus on my sports. I'm going to focus yeah. on my life and I'll just kind of leave God here to the side and I'll bring him in when I feel I need him, which is not the approach that we want, not what we're going for. And uh, definitely something that God had to really work out of me. Uh, so as I was getting a little bit better at hockey, it was actually going into my senior year, uh, God took it away from me. So I remember it. We were playing a game up in uh, Eagle, Colorado. I was going for a puck in the corner. And I don't know if I got tripped or if I just fell, um, but I flew into the boards at a really high speed and I actually separated my shoulder and I stood up and I'm, I was pretty stubborn. So I tried to pop my shoulder back into place, but that doesn't really work when you separate it. Yeah. It's already gone. And that kind of ruined competitive hockey for me, at least mm. from being able to play it. But mm. Again, like I said, I was pretty stubborn and I was like, okay, 
God might be trying to get my attention, but I really want to pursue sports because it was my idol and it was what mm-hmm. I loved. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go to school for athletic training. So at least then I can work in hockey. And that's what I did. And I got to tell you, the entire time I did that, it was awful. Hmm. Like there was warning sign after warning sign that God put in front of me that I was not supposed to do it. Um, wow. I even had a classmate curse me out one time in front of our entire class. It's I, an interesting day at school. Yeah, yeah. It, it was not fun, but I pushed through it and started working for a D1 hockey team out in St. Louis. And I was like, yeah, I got my dream good job. I got married to my wife. We moved out there and I hated it. Hmm. It was awful. It was just not what God intended for me, not what he wanted for me, but it was my own selfish desires. And he let me do it. Hmm. He said, all right, Tyler, you're, I'm going to let you fall through this. If you want to worship this, if you want to worship a sport, I'm going to let you experience it and go through the suffering of it. And I'm going to let you get corrected. And I'm really thankful today that he did. At the time, I was not thankful at all, but like I had a just a coach that treated me horribly, and I just remember I did not feel qualified for the role, and I just felt completely lost. And kind of what changed is because I had grown up in the church and I'd actually done some premarital counseling with one of the pastors we have here on staff, Rich Bailey. Hmm. Um, he had already been working on my heart a little bit about the need to lead my family spiritually. And so I started looking for a church for us to attend because I, I didn't have anything left. I didn't wow. know what to do. Yeah. And he sent me the name of Calvary Chapel St. Louis and we drove to it. It was the smallest church I think I've ever been to. Okay. Uh, we showed up on a Wednesday night and it was about 10 people at most. Okay. Um, and we walked up. I thought we were in the wrong place. It was in the middle of a neighborhood mm. and this lady named Tammy came right up to us made sure she got her phone number so we couldn't run away. (laughs) Totally kidding. But she just loved on us. And I had to travel four out of the seven days a week while completing my master's at the same time. Wow. So I didn't get to see my wife much. And during that time, Tammy and her husband, Jerry, just poured into my wife, Naomi. Mm, So cool. Yeah. And just loved on her. Like our car broke down and Tammy was the first one there. We didn't have a laundry unit, so Tammy would bring Naomi over. She would cook her meals. And it just showed me a love that I had never really known before. It's not that it didn't exist in my life, but I had ignored it. And kind of the cool thing about God bringing me through this correction was I was kind of confronted with having to face this Hmm. and having to see like, hey, there is a better way. Tyler, I love your I love you. I love you and your wife and I desire for you to follow me. I have something greater than anything you can imagine. And through that, I just remember we were going to a Bible study one time and Tammy asked me, I was driving the car. She said, Tyler, when was the moment you knew you were saved? Hmm. And it was right there in wow. the car. Yeah. Nothing special, no like divine doves from the sky or anything. Right. But it was at that moment I knew that if I died, I had eternity with Christ and I had something to look forward to. I didn't just have my own works. And that's kind of what led me to Christ, was just someone showing me the love of Christ and sacrificially serving us from somebody that I I didn't expect, Hmm. that honestly had no reason to care about our life, Hmm. and yet they did. Wow. That's a really cool testimony. I think for all of us listening, that that really is meaningful 
to look around at who's showing up at church and how we can reach out. I think we kind of have an assumption that because someone's at church that they're reached and that they understand the gospel, but that may not be the case. Like here you were coming into church and had a background with Christ, but Tammy and her husband really reaching out to you made all the difference in the world. Yeah. I'm so thankful. We're actually going to go visit her in September. Uh, so it's kind of a lifelong friendship now and I'm excited for her to meet my kids, but that's awesome. Is this the first time you've seen her since you moved away? Uh, no, we went and we visited for Thanksgiving one year, but it's the first time we will have seen her since having our two kids. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your wife and two kids. Yeah. So my wife's name is Naomi. We've been married for seven years and uh, we've actually been, before that we dated four years. So we've been together 11 years. Okay. It's been Congratulations. Really cool. Thanks. She's, it's really cool. We just celebrated la- uh, a month ago in May, um, the seventh year, but she's been my best friend for a long time. And uh, God has just really blessed us through our marriage and through our kids. And it's actually kind of funny. We met because she stalked me online. Okay. Yeah. So when we were in high school, uh, she actually found me. It was back in the days of MySpace. And you guys are old. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm Um, I'm older, so. I don't know that people use MySpace anymore. No, it's it's dead and gone. I think it is. But she added me because she thought I was cute. Not the reason to look for somebody, by the way. But that's kind of how we started talking. And we had mutual friends and um, ultimately just started hanging out and talking and Hey, only the Lord can use MySpace too. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's, I was looking at it today and I was like, oh man, I was kind of a rascal <laughs> in those days. And um, I'm very thankful that God has changed us and, and blessed us. So we have uh, a son named Malachi who's two and a half, just the highest ball of energy you could possibly find climbing all over the place. And his favorite thing right now is he'll just yell, wrestle and jump onto my back. Um, so fun. It is. Sometimes I'm not expecting it, though, and then that, that kind of hurts. That's great. Um, and then I have a daughter named Raylan who's four months old, and she's just the sweetest little thing. I Like, God has just gifted us with her. And so God, has, even through our disobedience previously, has really blessed us today. That's awesome. Well, you're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier and Tyler Kettner. We're headed to a break, and we'll be right back, so stay with us. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Today we're talking about youth ministry, specifically junior high ministry, such an important ministry. Tyler Kettner is with me. He's the youth pastor at our church, uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary. Love hearing his story and what God is doing. Uh, Tyler, how did you feel a call uh, to junior high ministry I would imagine it's not where a lot of people envision themselves being, though it's so important. So, so how did you end up a junior high pastor? Well, you're you're absolutely right. There's uh, a lot of people don't envision themselves ending up there, and to be honest, I did not either. But I'm so thankful I am, and I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, so how it happened is after my wife and I moved back from St. Louis, um, I started working as a recruiter. And I just finished my master's up and Rocky Mountain Calvary does this school of discipleship. Um, It's a two-year program where you go through the Old Testament, New Testament, 
um, and learn about how to defend your faith and just how to really deepen your relationship with Christ. And they put out the call for that, like, hey, we're starting a new one up. And I thought to myself, oh, that's nice. I just finished school, though. I'm, I think I'm good. Yeah. I th- All those years to get your master's degree. I'm not going back to yeah, school. I was like, I'm not doing that. And uh, little did I know uh, when God tells you to do something. Uh, he's not going to not going to go away. It's just going to keep coming back. So, yeah, the deadline actually expired. So I was like, OK, I'm not doing it this year, maybe down the road. And then we came to church on Sunday. We've extended the deadline one week. And I was like, <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> of course they did. And that wasn't the end of it, though. God has this funny way of using my wife to confirm what he's speaking in my heart. And so right after service, my wife looked at me and so lovingly said, I think you're supposed to do that. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I know, I know I am. And so I signed up for it. And when I signed up for it, you have to volunteer as part of this program. And I thought, well, I'm an introvert. I like administrative skills. Why don't I volunteer in that? And Dr. Dan Hooker and and all his love said, no, that's not happening. We don't need that. And he let me know that junior high needed some help and some volunteers. So I said, okay, I can do this. I ran from God, but he's pointing me here. I'll I'll go for it. So it wasn't your first choice. It was not my first choice, but I do got to say that I'm, I wouldn't change it knowing what he would use it for and where I'm at now. Uh, God's plan is so much greater than mine. And uh, I don't want to have to learn that lesson again. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) He is very loving through it. Well, we're glad you said yes. So what are some of your your favorite God stories or things that you've seen God do in the life of some of your junior high students? Yeah, so I was thinking about this and we had a couple cool, really cool things happen uh, this year. Uh, The first one is we had our service day where we actually went and we did some yard work for the widows of our church. Hmm, It's awesome. And I was a little nervous because I was like, okay, we're taking junior high students to do this and they might need some oversight. And they just blew me away. They did so well. Like they did so much yard work. They were so joyous all day. Every single one of them was in a great mood. And they actually did so well that we ran out of work for them to do. So much so that my neighbor next door is a widow and God had kind of put her on my heart to reach out to. So I ran out of stuff for them and I was like, well, we're going to go knock on my neighbor's door and see if she'll let us do some work. And fortunately, after some very thorough knocking and ringing the doorbell, uh, she agreed to let us do some yard work for her. And it helped my wife and I develop a relationship with her. And that was all because the junior hires came willing and ready to serve. And it's just so incredible to see how God uses them. And their age doesn't, in my mind, doesn't really matter. God can use them at any moment, at any age, um, whether they're an infant or all the way up to an adult, God desires to use our life, which is really cool. That's really cool. I think a lot of times we, in a sense, underestimate junior high students and youth in general, but so many times in the Bible and throughout uh, church history, God uses young people. You know, Daniel was a young man. Joseph uh, was a young man. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was uh, probably a teenager when she she had Christ. We know Timothy was uh, a young man, but in our culture and in our society, we tend to kind of write off youth. And, and I 
I think we need to be really open and aware of the fact that God does have calling on their life. And we often talk about youth being the church of tomorrow, but they are the church, mm-hmm. the, the church of uh, today, and they want to see God use their life. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. I even, I always think about just in the Bible where Mary and Joseph uh, lose Jesus and they're like, oh yeah. no, they're heading back. Terrible like, moment. Where is he? Yeah. And he's in learning from the rabbis, he's teaching them and being taught. And he was probably about age 12 when that happened. And so that's right about the age of our junior hires. And it's like, God can use them at this age and he wants to use them. Like they can reach places that we can't. Um, I can't go into their school and have conversations with their students, but they can and they do. One of our student leaders, she showed me um, this uh, poem that she wrote that helps her share the gospel at school, which I thought was just incredible. Um, And we've even had like, uh, just students go through just hard schools as well, um, where they're sharing, they're bringing kids to the youth group and really just uh, sharing the love of Christ where adults can't reach. Wow. That, that's really cool. Any other God stories that kind of stand out? Yeah. So this one's actually uh, relatively recent. So um, as we teach, um, as I teach the youth, I don't like to shy away from anything that the Bible brings up. So if it talks about adultery, we're going to talk about it. Right. It talks about um, anything from Genesis all the way through Revelation. I think it's important for them to know and to wrestle with those subjects. And this just happened a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about the dangers of pornography um, and that God did not design for us to fight sin on our own. Right. Like, the reason he's given us grace is because we need him and he's desiring for us to be in a relationship with him, desiring for us to rely on him. And I had a dad approach me uh, about a week ago where he came up and he said, Hey, I need to talk to you. And at first I was like, "Uh Oh, Uh Oh yeah. What did I do? I don't know what happened. (laughs) Let's see what this is. And he said that his son came to him and said, Hey dad, I've been wrestling with uh, pornography and masturbation. I've been really struggling with it. And I wanted to tell you about it so that you knew. Hmm. And that was just an amazing, not amazing that he had fallen into that, but amazing that he was willing to go to his Share dad with his dad and yeah. say, Hey, I'm struggling with this sin. And that his dad was willing to walk through biblically what the Bible says about that, how yeah. to handle it. And the son has even come back when he's tempted and said, Hey dad, this is where I'm at. And it was just one of those moments that I was like, man, God is really working in our youth and they can hear him and they're not too young to hear uh, the word of God. They're not too young to follow after him or to serve him. Yeah, that's really incredible. You know, I think that sometimes uh, people might say, hey, it's too heavy of a topic to talk about pornography with junior high students. But the reality of it is, is unfortunately, kids get exposed to pornography even in elementary mm-hmm. That's what statistics are are really uh, showing us. And so as we teach the Bible to share about it, but also in families to have open and honest conversations uh, about it and for all of us to be honest and and kids to to be honest and and have uh, freedom in Christ in that. So I think it's it's amazing and important to be talking about uh, those, those subjects together. Those are some awesome God stories and testimonies of what God's doing in, in junior hires lives. 
We're going to head to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the biggest challenges facing youth and junior high students. Would love to hear that from your perspective. And just also want to remind all of the listeners uh, that today's show will turn into a podcast. If you go to Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere that you find uh, your podcast, you'll find it. Again, that's Crosswalk uh, Colorado Springs. And it's a privilege to be able to host Crosswalk Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 5 uh, to 6. Please stay with us. Such an important topic and engaging conversation regarding youth. And we'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you're doing well. Know that the Lord is with you, that He loves you. I've got Tyler Kettner uh, with me today, our junior high pastor at uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary. I think all of us know that there's a lot of challenges that are facing youth today, junior high, high school, uh, young adults. From from your perspective as a youth pastor, what would you list as some of the biggest challenges that they're facing? Yeah, so kind of the biggest one that I would see is not actually necessarily an outside influence. It's the relationship of their parents in their home, Mm. Um, needing to be able to go to them with tough questions, having parents that love and care about them enough to talk through the difficulty, uh, to talk through, hey, the world is going to throw this at you. Mm -hmm. This is what the Bible says, but not just this is what it says. This is why it says it. Right. And being willing to wrestle through that. So that's probably the biggest challenge that I see is we live in a culture where we have instant gratification from our phones where we can right. give articles out, but having that life on life ministry with your kid hmm. is in my mind, the most critical thing that we need. And um, when we lack it, it's a huge challenge for them to overcome because even if they hear something here at church, it's like they go home, where do they put it? How do they have it continue to grow? How do they continue to foster what God is doing in them without that at home? That's kind of the toughest area I think they face, but then it kind of goes into their identity. Yeah. And one of the things that the world is trying to do is trying to convince our youth that they're not made correctly, Hmm. that God made a mistake or God only partially designed them the way they're supposed to be. And that's just not true. I mean, we see it in Jeremiah 1, 5, where he tells Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's right. Where he says, hey, yeah. like, I know you, Jeremiah. And that's the same truth for our youth, where God knew them, knew their personality, what they would look like, the age they would live, and designed them exactly for this time. And not only that, but in like Psalm 139, it says he formed our inward parts, mm-hmm. um, that he knitted us together in our mother's womb that were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's the truth. Every single junior high student that I have is fearfully and wonderfully made and God has a specific plan for their life. But what we see in the world is they try to teach them that, Hey, you're not made correctly. There's a problem with you. And they try to teach them that, Hey, it's okay if you change yourself away from God's design for you. Right. But what we see, and we even saw in Romans chapter 11 this weekend is that's pride. That's pride saying, I'm going to rely on myself instead of God. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when we fall into transgenderism and what, when we fall into homosexuality. We're choosing to alter who we are before God and how he's designed us instead of live out the great things that he has for us. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he has a hope and a future for us, um, but it's conditional. It's when we seek him, we will find him when we search for him with all our heart. And that's what the youth need is to be seeking out the Lord and to be told like, hey, God does have this great plan for you. Hey, even in whatever characteristics you see as weakness in you, God is what gives them strength. And that's been something that I know God has put heavy on my heart and where we constantly see youth challenged is, am I created correctly? Yeah. Why should I live following God and not what the world says? Why shouldn't I just live my own lifestyle and what I desire? It's because ultimately it leads us away from how our identity is. Yeah. So really finding their identity in Christ, who God's made him to be, the truth of, of scripture, that's the challenge and the joy, right? Like when they find their identity in Christ, that what would you say would be another challenge that they face? Relationship with parents, you know, their identity, well, what would be another one? Well, a lot of it is the questioning of the reliability of scripture as well. Mm. Um, a lot of them go into it and they're like, hey, well, this is just cultural. Well, hey, this doesn't apply to me. And one of the things that we do to combat that is we show them like, hey, we need to look at scripture in context. Why would yeah. God say this yeah. in his word? Why would God desire for you to live this way and not another way? Right. Why does God desire for you uh, to follow out the entirety of the Bible and not just selected chunks and they're living in a world that questions that all the time and where they see, like, you can make a video look like whatever you want now. You can say whatever you want online. You can post it somewhere. And there's no backing to if it's true or if it's not, just right. depending on who says it. Just because it's online doesn't mean it's true, yeah. right? And so what they need is people to show them, like, hey, no, the Bible is reliable. Like, we have copies from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, we can take back. Um, and see that it all flows together and it all points to one picture, which is Christ. Yeah, that's really good. So that kind of leads me into this next question is there would be some out there that don't think youth can be taught the Bible. You know, uh, what is your experience been, you know, can junior high students, high school students, can they be taught the scriptures? Absolutely. 1000% they can be taught the scriptures and I believe they can teach the scripture scriptures too. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes they come in and they're a little squirrely, they're a little strange, but God can work on their heart and they can retain it and they know right and wrong. They know the scriptures. Like every week when I go and I'm teaching them, I'll ask them questions and I want them to answer them based on their knowledge. And I am just amazed by how many of them are able to come back. Like this weekend I asked them, okay, well, who was Elijah? And they're able to point me like he was a prophet in the Old Testament and he yeah. took on the prophets of Baal. You're right. And they're able to tell me that. And it's not something that I'm giving them answers for. It's They know it. Yeah. yeah, they know it. But even more than that, such a, I have a really cool testimony to share. Um, one of the boys that I mentored a couple of years ago when I started meeting with him, he was afraid to pray out loud and mm. he wouldn't do it. When he would pray, he had no idea what to pray for. And what was really cool is seeing how God worked in his life and just grew him over time. 
and he actually about a month ago taught in the junior high a section of scripture all on his own. He stood in front of about 60 to 70 other youth. It's amazing. And he taught for about five minutes, and he did an awesome job. And that was nothing that I did. That was all God working on his life, him learning the scripture, him learning about who Christ is, taking on that identity, and just living it out. And that was God using him and teaching him. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. That's really cool. How about this? How can parents, you know, support their youth pastor? You know, it's, I think there's a lot of expectations that are put on youth pastors. I used to be a youth pastor. Um, what would you say are some ways that, that parents can support their youth pastor? Yeah, well, there's a couple ones. The biggest one is uh, I need prayer. <laughs> and yeah. I know other youth pastors need prayer. Yeah. Um, just having that covering over us is true. Um, we need that. We need God's direction. And just by having parents pray for us, that so helps important. tremendously. Um, but another part of it too is having parents that follow up with mm-hmm. their kids. Yeah. That, hey, what did you teach this weekend? Hey, can I get That's a great. copy of what you're going over on Wednesday night? Hey, we learned this in the main sanctuary. We're at the same place as the junior high. And just having just a five minute conversation on the way home, like, hey, what stood out to you about today's lesson? What'd you learn in Romans? What'd you learn in this? What challenged you? What questions do you have? And you'd be amazed the conversations God will bring from that, but also the impact it has on that youth every time they come back. Because the more they have pouring into their life for the gospel, the more they have pouring into their life for Christ, the more they're going to invest and grow and develop from that. So those are two of the big ones there. Um, But also with that as well, like talk to your kids, Hmm. be deeply invested in what they're going through. Yeah. Not just at church. What happened at school today? Right. What do your friends think? What are they saying? Yeah. What, why are you watching that TV show? Hey, can I watch this with you and let's talk about it? Yeah. And be willing to go to kind of the dirty places with them to love them. Right. Very good. This is Tyler Kettner, junior high pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Today, we're talking about youth ministry. I've got Tyler Kentner with me, the junior high pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary. You know, Tyler, it's quite a journey being a parent, you know, as I know and you know, um, and it's such a unique role that the youth pastor has in the life of of, uh, students and the, the lens that you have. You know, what encouragement would you give to parents that are, are maybe saying, I'm a little bit lost on how to invest in my child spiritually, how to build a relationship uh, uh, with them? You know, what, what encouragements would you give to, to parents? Well, the, the biggest one is God trusted you with your kids. Yeah. And I know that might scare some of them more because <laughs> I know it scares me when I look at my two kids. I'm like, God trusted me with you two? 
I'm I'm a little intimidated by this, but again, God didn't make a mistake. That's right. And yeah. He chose you as their parents for a reason. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a single parent, he chose you to be their single parent for a reason. And he's trusted you to that. But along with that too, just being there and being involved, being invested, pushing them to grow in their walk with Christ, that is going to be a huge thing for them. Whether it's now or down the road, they're going to remember like, hey, mom and dad, they are always pointing me back to Christ. Like even when I fail, they're showing me grace and they're saying, hey, let's have a relationship with Christ. Let's talk about this. But a lot of it too is just doing life with them. Yeah. Like one of the things we see is parents tend to, in our society, tend to drift away and kind of allow their kids to be parented by technology. Right. Um, and I'm not against technology by all means. Um, yeah, actually, you, you got an iPad sitting in front of you. I do. Yeah. And I love technology, but it's having those, that meaningful time with your kids. That's important. Like if you're a dad, take your son fishing or a mom, take him fishing. Yeah. Um, if they have an activity that they love, go along with them. Even if you're not great at it. Yeah. Like one of the biggest uh, treasures I see in the junior high room is when a parent comes in and we're playing ninth square and they're spiking on their kid. <laughs> yeah. And their kid's both mad and it, super excited yeah. at the same time. Right. Yeah. But just that little interaction is enough for them to be like, man, mom and dad love me and care about me. Um, but with that too, and I've said it before and, I'll say it over and over again. Have the hard questions. Hard conversations. Yeah. yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. And talk to them about sex. Talk to them mm. about, hey, what does the world say about homosexuality, transgenderism? What does the world say about the Bible? Yeah. What does the world say about you? And be willing to wrestle through that, even if they don't give you the answer you like. Right. And because showing them that you love them and you're there for them and that you're not going to stray from them, even in the difficulty, is going to be greatly vested in their life in a way that um, a lot of the world doesn't understand. Yeah, I think that's really good. I, I think of Deuteronomy 6 a lot where God commands parents first to love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to put God's word in our heart, and then to talk that with our kids when we rise in the morning, when we lay down at night, when we're going to from here to there. And in today's culture, that's in the minivan, right? It, yeah. And and to be able to look for those teaching along opportunities along the way, whether it's like, wow, that's a beautiful sunset. Look at what God ha- has made or, or someone struck out on drugs and the family totally sees it like, okay, let's talk about that. And God loves that person. And this is mm-hmm. the damage that drugs does in a, in a person's life. I, I think there's a big lie out there in parenting that it, it's quality time over quantity um, and I think it, it's both and, uh, the, the quantity of time leads to quality time, you know, and parenting takes just a lot of time with your kids. And we're so busy as a culture and we buy into so many things, then we lose out on yeah. the most important, which is time, time with our kids. But any amount of time that you can get with your kids mm-hmm. and then looking at that time through the lens of how do I turn this in a natural way with a conversation towards Christ and the knowledge of God goes, it goes a long way. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And actually there's, so my dad helped me move away to college and Naomi and I were actually dating at the time. And I had a fish tank just because I like to care for fish and like aquatics. And 
we put it in the car, but I didn't quite get it in all the way. And I shut the door mm. and it smashes the fish tank. The water's flying everywhere. <laughs> One of your finer moments. <laughs> and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, is freaking out. because <laughs> She's like, he's going to get yelled at. The parents are going to like curse him out. Like yeah. what's going to happen? And my dad just calmly responded and said, oh, that's a bummer. Let me help you clean that up and, and we'll get <laughs> this going. And that to me was important, but it was also even more important to my wife. Yeah. Where she saw that and she was like, wow, he didn't yell at him. Hmm. He just is going to help him clean up the mess he made. And as parents, sometimes that's what we have to do is we yeah. have to clean up the mess we made. Yeah. I've got a toddler and I know that very well. Yeah. You're living that out. There's <laughs> a new mess every five minutes. Yeah. If not more. <laughs> but it's also too like with our kids sharing about when we've messed up. Yes. And not shying away from that. A lot of times Satan will try to use guilt or shame to make it to where we don't tell our kids, hey, this is where I've fallen short. Yeah. This is where I've struggled. Like I know as my son gets older, one of the things that I'm going to share with him is that I did struggle with pornography growing up. Yeah. And that I tried to deal with it on my own. Yeah. And I want him to know that not because, hey, I want you to see dad as a bad person. Right. But because I want you to see, hey, there's hope in this. But also, I want you to learn from my mistakes and right. see that I'm willing to love you enough to kind of put myself on the firing line for you. Right. Yeah, so good. And that's what Christ does for us is he yeah. put himself in the firing line and took on our sin. Yeah. And he calls us, part of our love is to lay down our life for our kids and say, hey, even yeah. if this hurts me, I'm willing to share this so that you can see how God is going to work through it, how he can grow you yeah. through it. Yeah, God doesn't call us to be perfect parents, and we're not perfect. And I think it's really important for us to allow our kids to see the gospel in our lives. Like, yeah. this is the reality of my life and how God got a hold of me and how I continue to struggle and God is meeting me and forgiving me. Because otherwise, they get this idea of the Christian life that, oh, it's it's perfection. Mom and dad must not struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the reality, you no, know, not at, all. <laughs> not, not at all. Yeah. I know you've got a conference coming up here mm -hmm. at RMC, a youth conference you're excited about. Share that with us. Yeah. So this is still a little ways off. Um, one of the blessings that Pastor Tim Balagat and myself have is we actually get to host the uh, Ignite Youth Conference this March. I believe it's March 24th and 25th, a Friday and Saturday. And we really want to invite um, all the youth out and youth leaders out to come to that. Um, as part of that conference, it goes through apologetics. It goes through courses to be able to build them up so they can share in their school. But it's also building the leaders up as well and giving mm. them tools like, hey, how do you disciple your youth? Hey, what if you don't have enough people to disciple your youth? What can you do about it? How can you have a youth ministry that can start to lead itself? How can you make sure that the messages that are being given are um, that are being spoken or pointing to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to invite um, all youth leaders to that and uh, youth to come to it. Um, I believe it's around 40 to $45. It should be released here in the next couple, uh, next month or two. Um, but mark your calendars for it. We'd love to have you. And I think God's really going to use it. Um, there's a big need here in Colorado for this conference. Um, one of our pastors shared it a couple weeks ago where Colorado will, Springs ranks number two in the entire country as places to live, but out of over 3,000 counties, we're number seven on teen suicide. Mm. And we really need to be investing into our youth and showing yeah, we them sure that do. we love them and care about them. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, Tyler, thanks for coming in and joining me. It's a great conversation. So, Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. real much for having me. It's been great. Um, love talking about the youth and, and just hope that we uh, God will continue to do a work in them. And I know we're seeing it here and just keep praying and we'll see it throughout the city. Awesome. Well, this has been Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Tyler Kettner from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I'm Eric Cartier. Please remember that this show does turn into a podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere that you find your podcasts. And remember, God's with you. He loves you. He's got a plan and purpose for your life. So have a great night. Are never enough. Then you came along. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.